DCI's Field Pass is presented by Zildjian. Hey drummers, if you're looking for something to watch while on the bus on tour this summer, Zildjian's new video series, On the Record, is available at zildjian.com. This is your Field Pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your Field Pass for Thursday, June 11th, 2015. Well, we've reached that point in the preseason, the point at which we absolutely have to check in with Drum Corps International Artistic Director Michael Cesario for our annual in-depth preseason chat about what we can expect from DCI's world-class cores this summer. Uh, Today, we're going to look at the cores who finished 7th or lower at the end of last season. And on Friday, Michael will take us through the shows being fielded this year by last year's top six. Now, settle in. Because Michael, who is entering his fifth year as DCI's artistic director, has a whole lot to say. What do you think's the biggest accomplishment in that five years? The turnout in the stands. It was great last year. The cores just needed, um, they know what to do, but they get every now and again a pat on the back for getting it right, a pat on the back for engaging the audience, a pat on the back for putting something wonderful together and compelling together that they hadn't thought of before. Originality is being rewarded, uh, great ideas are being rewarded, and the audience feels rewarded themselves. And when the audience feels rewarded, they come back. Michael, those rewarding that uh, fan engagement, some of them are new faces this year. We've got a lot of new judges wearing green. We have 18 new faces we have four or five that are coming back after taking sabbaticals for one reason or another. So we've got a lot of fresh ideas out there in terms of uh, judges who can give us a fresh read and a fresh um, approach to judging. We've been urging the judges this winter to find their own voice. You know, we did a huge eight-hour training session with every caption covered. One of the reasons for this uh, that we could do it is because we've moved new rules back to the idea of the Rules Congress being every other year. So we have a year of change and a year of stability. And that way we can bring judges in in the year of stability way more easy. And they can refine that, we clarify certain things that may have gone wrong in the course of uh, judging the new rules here. But the idea is with a nice solid system in place, the changes are not let's get rid of general effect, but rather how do we make it better? And so, as you know, uh, for 14, we did a brand new general effect caption, which is general effect, period. There's no music general effect or visual general effect or twirler general effect or parking lot general effect. It's all one caption. Now, we always have somebody on it whose base is visual. We always have somebody on it whose base is musical. And in fact, in the training, we did a whole primer for the visual folks on musical terminology and how to, how to use it and, and one on visual terminology for the music judges. I think that's how we started it. And I think then we covered each of the captions very carefully where there needed to be a clarification and with the clarification. And the uh, judge liaisons, what we call the judge elves, were in fact the folks who led most of the training. Uh, John Fultz, of course, being the head judge administrator, just terrific. And of course, we use those people as our solid base. Remember, in evaluating these new judges, the JLs had to listen to 798 tapes. Oh my you want to do that job? <laughs> wow. 
So there really is, it's a four-point evaluation system where the judge has to do self-evaluations, and those have become even trickier this year, much more complex, uh, including, you know, making sure that their commentary and their uh, points line up. And then there's peer evaluation, as what's happening with the JLs listening to a tape and making a suggestion. And then there is supervisory evaluation, John and I listening, watching the whole thing. And of course, it plays well with others as part of our thing. And then the big one is the court's evaluation of the judges. And uh, we take into account, you know, if they were up for a certain place that they were looking for and this one kept them out. We know that's going to be a little bit harder to evaluate, but you'd be amazed at how level-handed, level-headed, and even-handed uh, the cores are in uh, making uh, evaluations. They do a great job, actually. And so all of this comes together, and now we're able to put real hours of training behind it. And we did it as a webcast so that, and now it's available to them in pieces and parts and chunks. Um, Jeff Hardowitz and his team at the DCI set it all up. It almost looks like a, a bad TV show <laughs> in that the hosts are not so smart, but I mean, really a three camera setup. And, uh, and so we were able to hit each of the points in a, in a chapter. And that really made a difference because now those judges can go back to them again. But most of the judges joined us in on the West coast. It was at seven in the morning um, and uh, joined us for a full day. And they could uh, check in and check out when they weren't, um, when it wasn't uh, a, a caption specific to them. But most stayed on for the whole time. And it was nice to be able to go to judge training in your pajamas, I guess. But uh, it, it worked out really, really well. And the response was very, very positive. So I'm looking forward to that, giving us more of a unified approach. Let's take a look at the, the, the cores that didn't finish in the top 12 last year and what we might expect from them in 2015. What, what kind of rumblings do you feel 13 and down? Here's where the real rumble is, actually. There is so much going on. Um, you know, I think of the Colts and using that lot. They are using that live narration again with this terrific show that uses a live totally box, you know, um, where they make sound effects and stuff like they are in the radio. Well, this is very much that way. So it's a totally new effect with a pretty terrific story. But all of these cores, Pioneer has 135 members. <laughs> Say that again. Pioneer has how many members this year? 135. That's fantastic. Yeah, it may even be more. Uh, that was when I last checked. Wow. And they've got a terrific show coming down the pike with Exodus. I, uh, <laughs> and people are taking huge risks. The Academy uh, with a step in time, you know, this Mary Poppins show. And I defy you to not walk out of that show singing Super Califrats. But everybody has got Pacific Crest really intriguing. Spirit with this kind of out of the ashes thing. Mandarin with Larry Matrano kind of whipping up his magic. Everybody in that area has decided we are not being tagged with a specific point, uh, a specific place. We eddy things up for grabs and, and um, don't think for a minute that 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 aren't looking behind them because um, 
there's some big surprises coming up. But please tell me that that the cores with their experimenting, they're not doing this by sacrificing any identity, are they? No, no. Everybody has latched on. I think they understand the message. But I think the idea is we need to know who is playing. We don't want just a tune. We want to know who's singing. You know, anybody can sing April in Paris, but Tony Bennett is going to sing it completely different than Sting. Right. And uh, and so the idea is we don't want to just see that song being delivered. We want to see that artist deliver that song. And that's we're getting more and more of that. We know who's playing and we know why. And they have distinctive sounds. And man, oh man, these chords are grabbing at it just grabbing at it it's not a it's not a 12 course show anymore you're listening to dci's official podcast the field pass i'm dan potter with michael cesario and we're going to work our way through last year's cores 12 through 7 in this show and then in uh, the second podcast this week we'll finish up with the the final top six from last year and what we can expect from them in 2015 but we begin with number 12 from last year crossman Uh, Their show last year, uh, kind of a blend of gypsy music, world music, and jazz. What are Crossman fielding in 2015? It's a great show called Above and Beyond. I got to tell you, it takes flight. It really just flies at the end. They've got a whole new sound. Andrew Markworth, uh, who's known really well in the band world, but he also is known in uh, drum corps as the uh, pit guy at uh, Carolina. And he's had a beautiful, amicable uh, parting of the ways with uh, with the wonderful Carolina folks. Uh, and they said, go. It's so rare you get a chance to be the music guy someplace. And so Eddie Devlin and, and, and the gang over at Crossman welcomed him with open arms. And I think the sound is very big, very strong. It's what we want out of the Crossman. Um, unique in the fact that it always has a jazz-tinged flavor. I think we saw Mike Hardick, the drill writer, grow um, completely. He's had lots of championship bands and so on. But um, we watched him at the beginning. We saw, oh, it's beautiful. It's a little Midwestern. And by the end of the year, they had really made that thing grow. But he's he's on a different level this year. I think you're going to find that. Um, Crossman, just much improved. Mike Hardick and I go back to 1985. He was one of my drum majors at Fort Wayne Northrop High School. I've been a huge (laughs) fan of what he's done at Homestead, and to see what he put on the field with Crossman his first year last year, I can't wait to see uh, how that product has grown this year. Awfully proud. Can you imagine that was his first year? I know. First year writing. And you go, oh my goodness, that's your first shot? What happens when you're confident about it all? You know, so... I think, you know, I think that's going to be one of those things. Fred Morrison has been very patient. He's the director. Very patient about putting together the white team for this San Antonio group. And I I just think they're dynamite. Um, but I, I don't remember how, how many hundreds of uh, potential members they did not take, but it was huge. They really had a great turnout this fall, and that indicates the popularity of that core. Uh, in Texas. Yeah, they are in very fertile ground there. Last year's 11th place core, the Madison Scouts, this year fielding 78th and Madison. First of all, Form is back. 
Scott Borma, who we know created the modern Madison sound. He took the Ray Baumgart uh, ideas and and blew right through uh, an entire 22-year association with the core. He's back writing the horn book in a modern way, in a fresh way, in a through-composed way. But he and, and now they have Casey Michael as the kind of program guru kind of thing. And remember Casey's the guy that helped revive Phantom a couple of years ago with the Juliet and a couple of those things. So here's a case where they've got this all together. And, um, you know, Borma's an alum, Casey Michael's an alum, David Dito, who's doing color, is an alum. All these guys know what it means to be a scout and they're putting it all together. The show is terrific. I mean, uh, if anybody knows um, uh, Singing in the Rain, where uh, in the big ballet sequence, there's the, the kid that comes out going, God, a dance. Well, this is the start of that show. And we see a, a, a narrative line. I wouldn't call it a story so much as clear narration. Really, really well done. I, uh, the suitcase plays an important role in it. And I, I, I think they just got that. Madison feel, and I, I don't want to tell you how they do the tap dances, but, but the crowd's gonna love it. I, I, I honestly think this is one of those pieces that the crowd just goes, "Oh, that Madison, I love them," without sacrificing anything in terms of sound, or uh, sound production, or how many millions of notes. You know, uh, Borma doesn't know easy. <laughs> I've, I've been privileged to work with Scott and every now and again go, you know, they all don't have to play every second Scott. So I, I think <laughs> that here, here's a case where uh, you've got the right, the right chemistry and uh, they're going to be, um, they're going to be knocking at some doors. If the Madison merchandise people, people in the sous vide truck are listening, um, I think Barma's back baby might be a really good t-shirt for uh, the early part of tour here. I think leave off baby and just put Borma's back on the back of the t-shirt. There you go. There you go. A flirtily in the front and Borma's back in the back. I'm all for it. (laughs) Tenth place last year, Boston Crusaders, this year celebrating their 75th anniversary. And instead of just alluding to Conquest in every show, they're just, they're calling this one Conquest. You know, how many times have you watched the Boston Crusaders in great years, good years, bad years, and gone, why don't they just play Conquest? You know, play all play of it. it. We, we should play all of it. Play Conquest. It's a great, you know, uh, Alfred Newman. It's a terrific piece of music. And there's so many wonderful related things. And the idea of Conquest in their 75th anniversary, I now, understand, you're going to hear some dark moments. And I think that's smart in telling the tale. Um, because if you don't overcome the adversity, if there's no obstacle to get over, what's the point of conquest? But I think that um, the darkness um, is honest darkness. When you add Adam Sage to any team, you get, and that's what, what they've done, um, you get somebody that's got a heavy-duty layering of ideas. So we're going to be able to watch them once, 
And remember, most of our audience sees the cores only once. So you can watch them once and love them. But for those folks that are seeing them two and three and four times, um, with Adam Sage on board, you're going to see something different. You're going to notice something different every time you see them. So I'm, this is, this is the core I'm really excited about because they have all the potential to do amazing things. And I think that, um, I think they can show it. Well, and as far as I, I know, as far as I, and I think there are a lot of geeks like me who've been waiting for this, they appear to me to be the first world-class core to actually field the main title theme from Game of Thrones. I cannot wait to hear an all-brass arrangement of the main title. That's just the kind of geek I am about that show. That's, that I, is a, that's a double geek. It's a Game of Thrones geek and a drum corps geek. Yep. But when you listen to Game of Thrones, I don't know about you, but every time I hear the team, I, I go, that should really be an all brass. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Before we move off Boston Crusaders, uh, I'm honored this year to be able to go out. I am going to be able to announce their show on July 2nd, their uh, big 75th anniversary special. Um, and then they are playing with the Boston Pops on the 4th of July. And I believe I that, know how cool is that? That is, <laughs> I can't wait to That's see exactly that. That's exactly the kind of thing that you want out of You know, I know some of the guys up there, Mike Whittall and those, and they've really sacrificed to get this core back on, uh, uh, given its full due. And, and they're succeeding. And what's amazing is, is to bring it out to the general populace, to bring it out to the world, not just in our insular world, but in the world of pop music. Yep. And what's better than, uh, you know, the Boston Pops of Tanglewood? All right. Uh, last year's number nine, Blue Stars, turning a house into a home this year. Uh, this could be very interesting. The show is called Sideshow. I have to tell you that Tim Fairbanks and, uh, and Michael Shapiro and that gang, they've got something up their sleeve. And they're being kind of reserved about it. And it's not because they don't think it's going to be good, but because this is the kind of show that has, it's like a prism. It, it reflects different lights depending on which way you look at it. And I think they're going to have, I, I loved their show last year. I thought it was just dynamite. And Tim brings a new perspective because he's so successful in the winter drumline arena where he's writing the visuals and writing the percussion. And write, you know, he has a great vision of an overall production and he can make that come to life. And they always have brilliant people. But last year, I mean, Shapiro is a, you know, a, a terrific man in terms of color guard and his kids are so amazingly loyal to him um, in terms of loyal to the court itself. And last year they just brought it. And I think that this year, the, idea is so much deeper and the idea of sideshow is there going to be some circus in there yes is there going to be some that is not so happy dappy you know just fun yes i think there's some moments that are really going to bring to light the idea of circus and sideshow in a way that is not just sweetness and light although there are moments that are quite uh, a lot of fun the audience, I think, is going to like this one because it presents 
the idea of circus in a completely different way. Last year, Blue Nights, so emotional with that one second. Uh, this year, their show is called Because. This is the, the actual prototypical Blue Night show. They finally are in a space where nobody looks or sounds like them. And you get, you know, <laughs> when Tommy Keenum's in there to help, it's always a stroke of genius. There's always something nobody else would think of. Nobody else would present that way. And colors and everything is unique. Uh, last year, they just captured the imagination of crowds and judges. Well, this is past that. This is on another plane. I think they've discovered themselves and they're going. This is a year of young drill writers. And, uh, you know, we talked about Mike Hardick earlier. And, and here you've got J.C. Caceres. And, and he wrote their uh, drill last year. And it was magical. I mean, people were like, what the heck is going on? It was an original voice. And every snip I've seen from him, I, first of all, I want whatever he's on. <laughs> it's, it's a magic carpet ride. Um, there are some moments that are, uh, you almost kaleidoscopic. You almost can't believe you're seeing people actually make that happen. I'm looking forward to this one because once you see that level of originality, as we did last year, you want to go, okay, where can you take that this year? Phantom Regiment, as we uh, round out last year's bottom six of the top 12, Phantom Regiment came in seventh. This year, the show is called City of Light. Looking at the, the repertoire and, and the name, City of Light, it's more or less familiar territory for Phantom Regiment, but I bet they're bringing something new to it this year. Well, I think any time you say Don Hill, you say it's not going to be the regular take. There's a twist to it. And I think here's a case where, I, again, I would not want to second guess how this is being portrayed. I would say, however, again, when we talked about young drill writers, they snagged Jeremy Hunt, who has a terrific name, and he's done work for the Colts and Spirit and so on, and really uh, been out of the box in Texas, where he does some of the bigger bands. And he has this unique ability to not only take pictures, um, but make them make some sense. I call them pictographs but if you want to call it image writing. So his motion and movement is terrific, but when there's an arrival point, it arrives into something that's almost recognizable. And I think to hint at cathedral windows or the Eiffel Tower, he's just magical at that. And, it's, and that's not what you see out there with anybody else. So again, you know, we talked about J.C. Caceres, we talked about Mike Hardick, and I'm not trying to skip other people, but, but the idea that here's a table full of guys when you had Jeremy Hunt, who can change the look and feel of DCI itself. Suddenly the whole texture of the evening has changed with these writers in there. you got Jude Boughton in there as a visual coordinator, and he, he likes pageantry. Well, isn't that a match with Phantom Regiment? <laughs> it's a hundred yard stage and they're going to use it. They're big. Uh, they look big. Uh, I, I don't think it's breaking any secret to say that they're back in white. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I hope you've watched funny face or an Audrey Hepburn movie because, um, 
once again, that color guard, the all-female color guard, has a wonderful uh, image uh, to work from. And, and I think the idea of the Phantom Regiment doing Paris, which is City of Light, I, man, I think you've got something going. And they can show us a lighthearted side. I love Paris. But they can also show us a little bit of American Paris, again, light and quick. But there's also the uh, uh, beautiful organ uh, uh, symphony. So I think that um, you get those heavy-duty fugues, and I think they've got a package that the audience is going to love. They are very, very popular wherever they go, and I don't think there's any reason to believe they won't be actually more popular this year. Um, with uh, Boston going to Tanglewood, <laughs> Phantom's going to California. <laughs> So we'll see what the regiment cooks up when they hit the West Coast. I just hope they give the kids time to see the beach. They're usually pretty good about that. And remember that that's the uh, executive director, Rick Valenzuela's old stomping ground. So I think we're going to see the kids having a great time. And the West Coast loves those uh, regiment shows and loves the Phantom Ads, the, the, the color card. So I think, um, uh, I think this would be a boom to T-shirt sales for sure. Drum Corps International Artistic Director Michael Cesario. Michael will be back with his 2015 preseason preview of the reigning top six world-class cores on Friday. DCI's Field Pass is presented by Zildjian. Visit them at zildjian.com. I'm Dan Potter, back Friday with part two of our 2015 preview Field Pass. I'll talk to you then.